Welcome to the InScape World Podcast, where we explore our unique power to connect and create. My name is Tanya Nelson, and joining me in this episode is serial entrepreneur, business owner, and master of the InScape, Chris Scanlon. We're going to be discussing what it means to find our true power in the InScape, our inner world, and how to use it in all areas of life to achieve success. Keep listening for the rare opportunity to get a glimpse into his world and challenge your ideas of power and success. I don't know if I've ever witnessed anyone who has really mastered this the way that you have. And, and maybe that sounds dramatic, but I don't think it does because I've been able to really witness. Um, I think, I think to quote Gatsby, I want to say like this, this, this experience of within and without, I've watched you do that and had conversations with you. And uh, I definitely feel like you have mastered this and you consciously mastered it. Right. So I think that so many people don't realize or conscious or conscious of, of what they're doing. Uh, but I know, I know firsthand that, that you have. And so really talking about the power within and how you've been able to receive and line up with so much is something that I really want to talk about the, the power of going into the escape, the power of going within yourself. And I think I just would love for you to start off just really talking about your journey a little bit, your story and, and what it is that you do. And I mean, you've, you've had relationships with so many powerful people and Mm. you've lined up with, you know, people across the world. And I just think your story and what you do is so fascinating and what you've lined up with. It's not like as a little kid, I think you knew that's what you were going to do. So tell me a little bit about your story and, and, and what it is that you do. And I think that'll, that'll be a good way to kick it off. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds great. So, um, okay. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting because like I, I spend very little time in the past and, um, you know, my, my mother-in-law hates that because I, I don't, I don't take pictures. I don't really do pictures. I don't, look at I don't look through the past and it's not that it's not beautiful and wonderful because there are so many things that have helped me to become who I am today that have been a part of my journey and I think probably the easiest way is like I grew you know to describe it is I grew up in a home where we were experiencing a lot of firsts as a family so like um, you know we were a blended family Um, you know my mom had a a, I, I, I would say the guy that I call my dad he, uh, he's my stepdad and it was my mom's third marriage, his first marriage. And, um, my mother was an immigrant from Argentina to the U S and so everything was about, you know, trying to adapt to the way of American life. And there's so many wonderful things about America. I mean, for people who have, you know, been able to experience cultures from around the world, you know, America has some very special things because of the ability to have freedoms perhaps some of those are perceived freedoms but uh for people to be able to 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 govern themselves in a way uh whether it's beliefs whether you know and i think like in utah it's also a little bit interesting just from a religious perspective but but yeah so you know the 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 freedoms that you have as an american 
are very different than what you have as, you know, somebody who's living in, let's just say Iran or India or, you know, yeah. even, even places throughout Europe. Um, but, uh, but having said that, I think, you know, what's interesting is our experiences and what I've learned over the years is that our, our experiences are perfect for what we are trying to learn and what our, what our, what I think our souls really are trying to experience in, in expanding consciousness. And so me as a little, as a little boy, you know, I was, I wanted to experience the world around me. I wanted to understand it. Um, I feel like the, you know, like the, the innocence of children is very much um, probably, I would say the one thing that, uh, that we dismiss because we're, you know, we have to be proper and mature and people have to, you know, feel like we're good communicators and that we're, you know, able to do all these amazing things. And, and if people don't fit that mold, then somehow we've got to give them a different label. And, you know, coming from, you know, an immigrant background um, and a very different home, like we were, we were not wealthy at all. We were lower middle class. And, you know, my parents tried really hard to provide us with everything. Uh, but, you know, I began to see the world in a lot of different uh, perspectives because I grew up in Miami, number one, where there's a melting pot of cultures. And when you have, you know, when you have uh, an extreme of, of extreme poverty and extreme wealth, uh, in any in any place, the contrast uh, shows you what's possible. And yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, just kind of interjecting here for a moment, I can tell you that even now, um, you know, we look at our challenges that are presenting the contrast for us, and the ego is putting, you know, a, a label on that, and that's creating some pain for us. Yeah. And so we have this belief around what our life should be versus what's actually happening. And, you know, when you take that step back and, you know, maybe that's part of the, part of the, uh, the process of looking back perhaps, but uh, when you take that step back and say, wow, okay, well, it's not necessarily that my life isn't turning out how I want. It's that I'm, I'm now able to see all the things that I don't really align with anymore. Yeah. And those beliefs as a kid, you know, I mean, I'll just, I'll just run through a quick list of them. You know, I remember growing up and my, my dad just trying to instill this amazing work ethic in me of, you know, you have to, you know, work harder, faster, better than anybody else out there. If you want to be somebody, yeah, um, you have to be the best. And, and it was always that there was this goal to achieve outside of myself, right? As opposed to, you know, as you talked about going within. Yeah. And it, was, it created like a real struggle. And I feel like a lot of people experience that because, you know, in society, it's like uh, you are a nobody until you become a somebody. Well, then yeah. who defines what a somebody is? Yeah, you're not valuable. And, you're not worth anything until you prove that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for my parents, it's like, you got to go to school. You got to like, you know, like I remember being young, 13 years old and wanting to be a lawyer and a doctor at the same time, just thinking that those are like <laughs> the safest professions I could be yeah. in so that I could be somebody of importance in my life. And for everybody and I else. Think, well, that's exactly what I was about to say, right? When you think yeah. about my life, it was not necessarily my life. It was the life that I want my, you know, my parents to feel like I've done a good job with what they've given me. Yeah. And, uh, and it's been interesting, you know, because I think that uh, like right now in society, like there's so much information that's out there. It's like, how do you identify with what's real? And that's one of the toughest parts with being a child as well, is that the only world that you know is the one that your parents teach you. Yeah. And your parents do it with love, you know, if I would say in most cases, and unfortunately there are some cases where, you know, that you have some parents who are really hurting within and, 
the, you know, the child suffers as a result of that pain because of those choices the parents make. But, but even so, um, you know, that's the only world that you know as a child. And so like, for me, like, I didn't, I didn't know anything else beyond that until, you know, growing up in Miami, I remember my friends talking about, you know, things like, you know, Lamborghinis or Ferraris or, you know, these things of opulence. And I'm like, oh, well, what's that? And, and I remember there was a moment where, you know, I'd absolutely, well, I'd say several moments where I felt ashamed about, you know, some of the things that my family was experiencing, you know, with really old used cars and, and, uh, and all of a sudden, like my self-worth of what I was identifying with as worthy of, of, uh, of life was diminished. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, again, like, I think that another, you know, key contributor to that belief system was, you know, I think, um, obviously, whatever people ascribe to from a religious or spiritual perspective, like whatever they align with, for me, like my, you know, my family was, was very, very, uh, very, very much into things that provided a sense of community. And I remember, you know, um, you know, my, my dad wasn't uh, affiliated with any religion, but my mom, wanted that sense of community for us and, and there are really wonderful things in every religion i mean i i firmly believe that yeah um and and i think it's a part of everyone's you know spiritual journey as far as where they're going to be able to get to a place where they turn within and and again it just so happened that uh, my parents uh, ended up becoming uh latter-day saints and ended up becoming mormons and and as a result of that us as the kids we became mormons too yeah and exactly. that was that was the way of life and the way things had to be. And so we were busy trying to adapt to these different communities so that we could fit in and be accepted. And, and, and you know, so you go on and you live this life of constantly trying to meet these different areas of approval. And, yeah. um, and you know, I was so eager as a child to always fulfill whatever that definition was for my parents that I lost my, my sense of, you know, my spiritual self, right? Because yeah. I only could personally identify with something that lived outside of me. And so, um, so yeah, well, and so not just, just for your, not just for your parents at this point, because now we're talking about a, a God, you know, we're talking about right. something even bigger and now we have even, even more to prove. Yeah. And to pass this you know, test, right. More to do. And, and I lived my life for a very long time like that. And, and I remember, you know, I served an LDS mission. I'm so grateful for that experience. It was wonderful for me. But, you know, again, like looking back on it, there are certain things that, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have done the same knowing what I know now about me. And um, I loved being able to help others and to serve others. I think that that's completely noble. But, uh, but one of the things that I've, I've learned over, over time now is that, you know, how you define something is between you and within you right mm -hmm. so it's ego and your spirit right yeah. and uh and trying to to convince somebody else that your way is the, is the best way is it's hard to do but where do we learn that from we learn that from you know our own upbringing and like my I remember my mom saying things like it's my way or the highway you know so i'm like <laughs> oh well i don't want the highway so okay yeah. mom whatever you say you know and religion is very similar because if you don't if you don't obey their their rules, then somehow you're you're falling outside of what they're willing to accept, and, and you're falling outside of God's love for you. And yeah. uh, and again, like I said, I lived my life that way for a very very long time, and I really felt like my success in life 
was directly correlated between how I was uh, conducting myself within the framework of what everyone else's definitions were of me. And I will say, look, look, like I still am working through some of those things. These oh, are it, lifelong. Yeah, yeah, these are lifelong things that, you know, you feel like you've made some really good progress. And then you're, you know, you realize that, oh, my gosh, like, OK, well, I'm still allowing some of that old programming to run in my experience uh, because perhaps, you know, I might seek validation externally um, instead of allowing people to just be themselves. Yeah. And, uh, and so I put conditions on people. And I remember the very first time that I really began to question some of these things uh, for me personally, you know, again, like I was LDS for a very long time in my life, very, very uh, active in, in, you know, day-to-day church activities. I would consider myself, if there was a label, to be somewhat of a Peter priesthood. And, uh, and ironically, you know, I say that now, and as I feel, I feel more worthy now than I've ever felt in my entire life, yeah. right? Not being affiliated with those things, but uh, but the definition of you know when people who are you know who may understand what that label is being a Peter priesthood, this is one of those things where you know I was going to church every single Sunday. I had all of the callings that you're supposed to you're supposed to get. I was you know doing the home teaching, going to the temple every month, and you know running my you know running my family in, in a way that I felt was appropriate and. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, again, as you look back, like there's been moments where I've looked back with pain on some of the ways that I've treated people, especially the people that I love the most hmm. as a result of trying to tick all those boxes yeah. and, uh, and fulfill all those things. It was, what was interesting is, you know, my wife and I talk about it periodically and how, you know, and, and I do swear. So I apologize for anybody who's a little sensitive to swearing, but, uh, <laughs> But it's just me. I apologize, not necessarily for being me, but if you have an adverse reaction to it. But my wife would tell me, gosh, like there were moments where you were like a total dick. And I'm like, I know. I'm so sorry. Like I I was trying to live someone else's definition. And like I was trying to force that on other people just that I could feel better about me. And there was this wake of collateral damage of people in my that were in my experience. And thank goodness they they loved me beyond past those things. And they were great examples of unconditional love. But, but going back to like where things really started to shift for me was, you know, I've, I've, I've always been very entrepreneurial and, you know, when you come from nothing and like, you're trying to, you're trying to make something of yourself in this, in in the world or within what people would deem as success, you know, when I was younger, you could take a lot of risks, right? I think a lot of people say that when you're older, you have kids and mortgage and all these things, it becomes a lot more tenuous. And so I was young and my family would tell me that you're young, take risks, you know, because when you get older, you know, here's the belief you should buy into. Um, but, uh, but one quick thing I would say is it's, you know, every single day, the goal is just to be completely within you and to have that space within you because there are no risks, right? Everything will always be magnificent once you allow it. Right. But that's the that's the thing that's this allowing that we get in the way of where ego wants to put a clamp down and put a label and put a box around what our experience is. Well, and, it is interesting because uh, the risk that you're talking about, I mean, when you describe that experience, it is it is magnificent because what you're really doing is you're stretching so many um so many of those beliefs and that programming and things that you don't think are possible in your world. Cause you haven't been modeled that you haven't been shown that necessarily at this point. Right. So the risk is, right. is that expansion part of it. 
but it's always that power within that, that gets you to bridge that gap. So I love, I love that you talk about the risk because we don't, they're, they're perceived, like you said. Yeah, they're made, they're, all the risks are made up. I mean, I think yeah. that, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is that, you know, like I was taught to fear a lot of things. Yeah. And, uh, and fear is a very powerful motivator because again, like I call this our meat suit, right? Like what I'm here present, you know, presenting to you guys today is my meat suit, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but the key thing I look at is like, you know, the, this experience that we have is like this, you, you have this ego side of you that's here to protect you. Yeah. Um, against things like, you know, saber tooth tigers, which is no longer really a threat. <laughs> but your mind can't perceive the difference between what's a real threat and what's a perceived threat. Yeah. And so it's going to react very, it's going to react very similarly, if not identically. And so, you, you know, you, I think a lot of people can feel that they have tension and some people call it anxiety, but they have this tension that's built up inside of them as if there's this imminent danger that they are in. And, and again, I would say like, you know, I, I'm aware of it now. I'm able to see it now in my own experience only because I've, you know, I was able to take that step back and kind of, you know, again, going back to what, what, what shifted for me is, you know, I was in this, this mode of being entrepreneurial and trying to be successful and, you know, success is defined by other people. And, and, uh, you know, I, I've had, I had a lot of really powerful successes where by the time I was 25 years old, you know, I was, I was a multimillionaire, but what was interesting, what got me there, my very first experience was, uh, was I was married once before and, um, and I'm so grateful for, for my ex-wife. She's, you know, a wonderful person. Um, at the time I was obviously very hurt and devastated by a lot of these things that took place. And now I feel, I feel an, an immense sense of gratitude for her because she chose to leave. And, uh, and I felt, I felt like, uh, the moment she told me she left, I remember her hanging up the phone on me and, uh, and me telling her, but I love you. And she hangs up the phone and, um, you know, I'm just driving in the car, actually, on my way to go pick her up from the airport in Miami. We were going to go on a cruise and do some fun stuff back th- back in the day. And uh, and she called me to tell me, she, <clears throat> excuse me, that she wanted a divorce. And I remember getting off that phone call and, you know, having this immediate feeling of like gratitude and like freedom and like, oh, my gosh, like this, like this is amazing. Like, oh, thank you so much for leaving because now I can go on with the rest of my life. And then immediately, like my ego mind, my belief system kicked yeah. in and said, hey, 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 you can't feel this way. You know, you got married in, in the LDS temple, like, you know, marriages are supposed to be forever. Yeah, and this defines you, you somehow. Right. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you're now, you're not going to be a failure and you've got to, you've got to get, you've got to get this right. You've got to fix this. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remember having like this internal dialogue, like, oh my gosh, like you're totally right. I got to go fix this. And, <laughs> and I immediately, like, you're totally this, right. Yeah, you're totally right. right? Yeah, but, but that's the, the programming, right? Like, yeah. okay, well, yeah, I'm supposed to do that stuff. Well, the so ego, the ego always accept. wants to be right. Yeah, ego always wants to be right. And, yeah. you know, and again, like, it's, it's like ego is, ego should be an ally for our experience. And I think, you know, for me, like I've, I've learned over the years and I'm still, again, I'm still working through these things that, you know, sometimes I get upset with ego, but, uh, but ego is what helps me provide the contrast and actually helps me be aware of the way that I'm feeling. Exactly. And and it it, provides the perfect picture of the gap that we have sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great way of putting, yeah, it's a great way of putting it. And, and what's interesting, you know, again, you know, coming back to that is that when my ex-wife left me, 
and she left me for another guy. And, uh, and so, you know, I have some funny jokes I say around that, but I'll, I'll spare that for later. Well, well um, I, I do want you to stay here for a minute because I work with like 90% couples and this part in your journey is, is so relevant to what so many people are going through. And, and the fact that we believe that love comes from love or validation or anything comes from our partner or our relationship. This is obviously the most intimate relationship aside from yeah. ourselves and whatever, you know, you perceive as God, but this is, this is a really uh, pivotal moment for so many people and an opportunity, I would say, to start to go within because, you know, as, as kids, we, we've been programmed that that love and validation comes from our parents. It comes from other people. And so we're constantly searching that. But then, you know, it's like, I'm going to, you know, most of us don't get it because our parents aren't, um, they, they don't go within and they're doing the same thing. And so they're searching without, with, without themselves. And so this intimate relationship and this part in your story is, is very relevant, I believe in, like you say, the shift of really learning to go within. And I think so many people are, are going through this, whether they have physically, um, or consciously looked at this or not, I still think people are subconsciously and um, internally still asking the question, why are they not feeling this love and this validation or something from their partner or the person that they're with or this intimate relationship? And so, yeah, I definitely want you to stay here a little bit because I think it's very relevant. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I, so, I mean, here's a couple of things I would share that And the I've jokes learned. are great. <laughs> yeah. So I have, <laughs> I've got, I've got a few, I've got a few. So um <laughs> my you know so so when when i got married before like i remember i was almost i was 24 years old i was i married a 19 year old uh woman and and you know looking back on that like uh, i tried to force an outcome right i tried to tick a box of you know i found somebody who i thought was a great person she i mean she was a great person um and uh that we were great together you know we had fun together and to be candid, like nobody really told me what a great partner was and yeah, how to point. have successful, yeah. intimate relationships. It was just, you know, go find somebody who loves God and who will love you. And I'm like, well, that sounds pretty straightforward. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'll go do that. Right. Yeah. And, and then uh, I'll be loved and, in return. Right. And then I'll be loved in return. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that was, I, I would say that was like so devastating for me when things didn't work out because you know, I had done everything that was always ever asked of me. You know, I, I had plenty of opportunities growing up, growing up in Miami to be what, what the, what, you know, religions would call unchaste. And, uh, and I remember just thinking like, oh my gosh, like I, I never want to do that. Like, I only want to be with somebody who's going to, you know, uh, appreciate me and only want to be with me. And then I'm like, well, wait, you know, when, when my ex-wife left me, I'm like, well, what just happened? You know, it left me with yeah. a lot of questions and, yeah. and you know, and, and, and again, like from somebody like uh, who is very religious, uh, uh, what I would call, uh, I think there's a difference between being religious versus being spiritual. Absolutely. And the, and at the, the time it was I, religious. Yeah. At the time it was very religious. And what I realized at that in that moment was that like, I felt, I felt very abandoned by my, of how I experienced the divine at that time in my life. And life did not turn out the way that I was promised it was going to turn out, even though exactly. I had done exactly everything that people had told me I had to do to experience amazing outcomes. 
Yeah, because your parents, and, everyone gives you that roadmap and, and you're like, well, here's how I'm going to be able to feel what it is that I'm really looking for and searching for. So yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. And that, and that's, and again, so you're right. I mean, I think that like the, that, that roadmap that people who love you, give you, you kind of take it face value. And there's so many things that I took at face value um, at that time. And, I, and, and, you know, going back to like couples who are perhaps, you know, looking for that, that deeper level of intimacy, intimacy has nothing to do with anybody else, but you, in my experience. Exactly. And one of the, I think, you know, and this is what I always try and encourage people to do is look, don't take my word for it. Just try it and see if it fits you. Right. Because if trying to experience intimacy outside of you, hasn't given you the, the connectedness that you've really wanted to feel, well, this is another way and see if you can go within because ultimately in going within all that you and I could ever want to experience in life already exists within us. Exactly. We seek outside because that's what we're taught to do from a very young age, right? I mean, yep. as a baby, you're solely relying on your mother to feed you, clean you, you know, take care of you. I mean, it starts from infancy, right? Yep. And so the real awakening, I think, for people is when they say, you know what? Like, I feel so disappointed all the time by my partner. And it's not your partner's fault. Your partner's just being themselves, right? So the real question and is- And sometimes is, the perfect mirror. Right. And yeah, very much so the perfect mirror. Yeah. Very yeah. All the time. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and I don't, I don't believe couples give each other enough credit for being that perfect mirror. Yeah, I agree. And, and sometimes it's hard to hear what your partner is telling you because what you really want to hear is like words of comfort and consolation instead of, well, you brought this on yourself. I'm like, no, well, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, like, and then you end up, you know, in some instances, perhaps resenting having shared with your partner or feeling like you can be vulnerable with them. Well, looking in the looking in the mirror, I believe, is everyone's worst fear, right? So, yeah. <laughs> on some level, when they're mirroring back to you, uh, you brought this on yourself. They're actually giving you the greatest gift because they're giving you your power back, right? They're saying yeah. that that I'm not in control of your world, or I'm not the the um, I can't govern in your world. So, what what's you're experiencing is within you, and that's the greatest gift anyone could really give you because. Now I actually have the power within myself to change the experience or to experience what it is I'm wanting to experience. So that is the greatest gift, although we don't want to hear it. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, and, and, you know, I mean, our, like I said, our spouses are wonderful gifts. And I, you know, I think that like one of the things that perhaps could, we could all be better at in our relationships is just honoring our spouse by honoring ourselves. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's always interesting, like when, when I talk with people and I can, you know, you're, in, you're interacting with them with, with their significant others here, they call them partners. And that's not, you know, re re referencing anything, but like who you're basically choosing to spend the rest of your life with. Um, and I think it's different like in Europe. It's just a different, like marriage is perceived a lot differently here. It's not like you can have like a lifelong partner and you fully committed, but marriage, a piece of paper, as soon as you have it, it like changes changes the game right again that's just societal programming yeah and uh and it's interesting you know going back to what you were saying about like that level of vulnerability and intimacy with with people is that and this is one of the things that i had to learn you know firsthand for myself was that you know my, my ex-wife she didn't leave me because of me and i remember you know being yeah. in my therapy I, I went to therapy for like three and a half years because i felt so conflicted with this outcome that I was experiencing. Yeah. And, um, 
And I remember like my, you know, my therapist basically telling me, he's like, you know, Chris, like, you know, uh, with your ex-wife, did, did you ever, did you ever hit her? I'm like, no, never. It's like, did you ever yell at her? I'm like, no, I never did that. He's like, did you ever call any names? I'm like, never to her face, you know, (laughs) always under my breath. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, okay, so why do you think she really left? I'm like, I don't know. Cause if I knew I would have changed and I would have, I would have, I would have helped her stay. And he just said, he's like, Chris, no, 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 that's not the point, man. She didn't leave because of you. She left because of her. Yeah. Right. Like she wanted to go experience something different. Like she, you know, she was young and she was, you know, wanted to, wanted to have like, uh, you know, I would say most people want to experience during that normal time of their lives, unless you're very indoctrinated into what, you know, a particular religion or belief system is telling you you should be doing during those formative years of your life and so well there's such a searching that goes on right so you know clearly you know to the to our point is really when we start to go within we start to find what it is we're looking for but but that's not the programming that's not the that's not the norm that's not the roadmap and so clearly she is searching for something still within herself and receiving you know where she was at with you and what she had created with you may or may not have been where she was at in her journey. So yeah, to your point, mm. this, this was her journey. It had nothing to do with yours necessarily. We all create our own worlds, right? We all have our own, we all have our own worlds. And, you know, again, like when you go to sleep at night, you know, the, the only, the only thing you're really seeing is the back of your own eyelids, you know, yeah, and you're exactly. going, you're going within anyway, when you're going to sleep any, uh, in my belief. And so, yeah. so what I think Great is point. interesting, you know, going, going to the, like the, the intimacy component, like I, I remember, you know, going back with my, with my therapist, like it was, it was really, it was really eye opening for me because, you know, again, here it was, I was having this incredibly traumatic experience about life, not working out the way that I had planned in something that was supposed to be a very joyful thing. You know, like you're, you're marrying somebody for forever. Like you're supposed to want to like them for a very long time. So why would you marry somebody and not want to like them for longer than, you know, the year or so that we were together? Well, and you thought uh, you'd arrived on some level, right? Because this was the ultimate Absolutely, something. Yeah. This is this is where yeah. love and, and everything was going to come from. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that, so again, so that was like my, you know, my devastating thing. I remember like, you know, these feelings of just, oh, dredge and, you know, kind of trying to, every day was, I was sleeping like, gosh, maybe 12, 13, 14 hours a day. I'd work a little bit uh, here and there. And, and throughout this process, like I just found myself letting go of of what those preconceived ideas were because i had to come back to a place where i could love myself first and then trust myself secondly yeah and you know my therapist helped me a ton with that that initial realization as i you know told you like there's there's obviously a lot more to my journey but uh, as there is with everyone and my 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 therapist uh, he he shared with me a story that i that i really that resonated with me and I remember, you know, uh, I was piggybacking off of that whole, th- the whole thing I was just sharing about, uh, you know, did I ever do anything that would cause her to leave? And, uh, and he, he shared with me a story where, you know, that he's like, Chris, like, you know, I'd been, he said, at this point, I was, a, you know, uh, I was living in New Mexico. I had a very big practice. It was a thriving family therapy practice down there. I was the, uh, the bishop of the ward down there. And I remember, you know, the mother of my five children, my lovely bride, waking up one morning and telling me that, you know, Robert, I, oh, sorry, uh, John, I don't want to be a, 
a, a Mormon anymore and I don't want to be married to a Mormon. So either you leave the church or I'm leaving you. And so this entire construct of his world was absolutely rocked because here it was, you know, to your point, like this person that, that you, that you have this super intimate relationship with and who you believe will have this into perpetuity into eternity, if you will. Now or you think you do. That you think you do, right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like this person wants out. And if I don't, if I don't join that ship, then, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like if, if everything's over. So like your idea of this world that you've created in your mind to allow you to feel good about you gets rocked. And so he told me, he said, you know, Chris, like it was so devastating for me. And in the end, like we tried to work things out and over time, like it just didn't work. And she ended up leaving. And I was, I was devastated. I was actually, I was really devastated. And he said, within six months of her leaving, Chris, I met and married the love of my life. And the last 13 years have been the most amazing and happy years of my life. You know, and I'm starting to cry like, oh, you know, I'm like, Dr. John, this is, this is a good story, man. And he said, you know, he's like, Chris, like, uh, my point is, is that, like, don't ever doubt what God's plan B is for you. And your mind, plan A was your ex-wife. Right? Just wait to see what happens with plan B. And what we'll do right now is we're going to spend some time just helping you fall back in love with you. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. You know, and so... So it became like this, this journey back to where I could feel very positive about who I am. Now, granted, like I had some severe struggles with being able to trust myself again, not trust my, like my current, my, my, my wife now, like I, I'm super in love. We've been in love. Uh, I've been in love at least. I can't speak for her, I guess, but <laughs> I've been in love since the day that I met her. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, it's been 12, you know, over 12 years now and, and, uh, and we have an amazing life together. But the, I, the thing that I would contribute to that amazing life together, it's not to say that we don't have our struggles, that we don't have things that happen to us. But one of the things that I've been a big proponent of is, um, you know, basically, if, if you or I can get to a place where we love ourselves unconditionally, then we have no conditions that we place on others for them to feel our love either. Yeah. Cause and, everything's a projection. So we're right. always going, whatever, whatever, you know, lack we feel inside, whatever expectations we have on ourselves, whatever judgment we have, we're going to project that onto everyone in our outside world as well so that we can see that. So I totally agree. I want to go back to the part where you talked about, um, the plan B. And I feel like there's, there's a, there's a real parallel to, uh, returning back to ourselves that happens in, everyone's world. I, 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 I dare say that I can, I can, I can say everyone that there's always going to be this, um, no matter how much we're taught to express and do and do and do and to, to follow that roadmap and, and to prove ourselves in order to get value or to get something from somebody else. And ultimately we're talking about power in so many ways, because, um, at that time, I feel like, you know, those two and a half years, really what, what, what you were doing was returning back to yourself. And I feel like this happens or we, everyone has the opportunity at some point in their life where there's that rubber band effect to say, hey, you've been expressing or you've been getting far out from the inscape, far out from yourself and you've created this gap and we have to come back. We have to come back home. We have to return to the source that is within us, the power that's within us. And I love that you even said, at this point in your life, you feel more worthy, more valuable, actually more powerful than you've ever felt inside of yourself. 
And that return and this point in your journey was something that you bravely and vulnerably moved into. And sometimes we think that the, the outside circumstances are, are forcing us to, to do that. But at the end of the day, you still had the choice. You had the choice to either resist that and to continue to search outside of yourself. Right. I, I could say that, um, it's possible that, that her journey maybe didn't look the same and maybe it looked longer. And, and because she moved into another relationship, uh, quickly and searched possibly in that relationship, um, her, her rubber band effect and, and her return home, who knows what that looks like, but you did the work to move inside of yourself. And that plan B is to me, another word for that return, you know, back home. And I feel like everyone's going to get that opportunity at some point in their life, whether we choose to do it or not, or have the tools to do it or the understanding, um, I won't say, you know, for everyone, but I do think that that's how it's designed is because what we're really looking for is that power within and to love ourselves and to create intimacy within ourselves. Cause we really don't have it to share unless we know ourselves. We just continue to ask the other person to give us something and give our power away to, you know, to somebody else, hoping that we're going to get it from somebody else. So I love this part in your journey. I love the plan B because really it's, it's really the only plan, in my opinion, that, that, that works. And that is that return that you're talking about. It really doesn't even have anything to do with um, John's uh, new relationship necessarily, but that he got the opportunity to clearly find something that, that aligned and resonated with him in a way that, that he lined up with. So that yeah. plan B, would you, would you agree that that's, that that's what you did? Yeah. I mean, look, I think that uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think it has to do with whether or not you are allowing things in your life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people live life from their mind and your mind only knows the past Yeah. and the information that's been put into it. And, um, and that's the difficulty is that when you're living, you know, moment to moment from your mind, I mean, you can feel like you can, you can feel it because you feel exhausted. You can just think about the different emotions when you're coming from a place of spirit, it's you're energized. Yeah. Right. And so like when, when you're experiencing life day to day from your mind, it's one of those things where, you know, where I, where I share with people that, that who I get to have these kinds of conversations with, they're not that many. So it's always <laughs> fun to, to talk about it, but, but, uh, but so often like our plan A's to your point are what, programming that has been put into our minds that we've allowed yeah. to be our belief system and have taken it face value. And I did that for a lot of different things. And, and it, and it's interesting, you know, um, I had a, I had a friend of mine, I'll just quick, a quick side story. I had a friend of mine, we were playing golf, I think in Scottsdale a few years back. And, and he was asking me, he was like, Chris, like what, you know, what's, what do you think's allowed you to experience the level of success that you experience in your life today? And I'm like, well, you know, I would say, like, for me personally, um, it would have to be when I let go of all of the limiting beliefs that I had. Because again, like your mind can only know the past, whereas spirit knows all things past, present, future, right? Because it exists in the present. Exactly. And the present is the future, you know, so anyhow, so uh, so every moment you're experiencing is, is the present. And the, there's anyway, there's like a whole discussion around what is the future anyway, but yeah, exactly. But I, 
yeah so i think that like the you know the, the key thing is is that when you just step away from trying to follow a script of what your life should be and allow life to come to you then you're no longer having to swim upstream and exert yourself and go through this i mean it's it's exhausting like uh you know when people come and talk to me about their problems i'm like so what are you gonna do you know i'll ask them, what are you gonna do well i don't know i'm like well i think you do know yeah right? but you won't allow yourself to go there you know because they're miserable in their current in their current circumstances and then you know they and then finally, there's so much pain that builds up that they force this massive blow up scenario that never had to get there to begin with. Well, and isn't right? it interesting because you're talking about the, the limitations, which I love. I, I love that we're going into that because, again, those are always in your mind. So that that those limiting beliefs of feeling like um, and that exhaustion that you're talking about. And that blow up that you're talking, the pain is always to guide us within, within, right? It's that, it's that journey from our head to our heart to really learn how to trust and to feel that power. It's not exhausting because really when we go within, I mean, I think it's been measured. I don't, I, I, I can't fully quote it, but I think our heart and our, um, our energy source inside of ourselves is like 5,000 times more powerful than our head, right? So the pain is just that that whole disconnect from trying to get all this energy and uh, power within our head and our programming. And it is so limiting because we don't, we don't have any power really in our heads, right? They're just a story. Our brains are not actually wired to, 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 to actually create the energy that we're really talking about within. And it is so limiting because we're trying to, to be powerful in our head when that's not where power comes from. Yeah, power does not come from that. And, and it, you know, look, I mean, I think that that's the, this is my experience. And this is, again, what I encourage everyone to do is, you know, try things out, right? And for me, it was removing a lot of the, or unwinding, I should say, a lot of the beliefs that I had held that were very limiting. And, and one yeah. of those big beliefs for me was around religion, that, I, that God would only love me if I was, if I, and bless me, if I was fulfilling these, these, these list of requirements. Yeah. And, you know, I remember, uh, you know, they used to let me teach Sunday school before I used to go to church. And, um, and I remember asking, I was teaching 13, 14 year old kids. And I remember asking them, you know, who does heavenly father love more? Does he love a, a black person or a white person? More? And they're like, Oh no, no brother scam. He loves, he loves everybody the same. I'm like, okay, I like that answer. You know, who does he like, uh, who does he love more? You know, a man or a woman? No, oh, no, no. Everybody the same. And then I asked him, who does he love more? A Muslim or a Mormon? And the kids were like blown away. They're like, well, you know, shouldn't it, shouldn't it be the same? And, you know, I told them like, look, that answer is for you to figure out, but you have to go within to get that answer. Yeah. And I, and I think that once people begin to, you know, at least for me, you know, as I shared is that like, it, it was a very big departure for me because I, I was, I was the embodiment of what you should be right. Uh, as a, uh, spiritual giant in the LDS faith. And, um, and as I started to depart from all those things, it was very, it was very scary for my wife at first. Um, you know, she thought that I was going to all of a sudden, you know, go out and think that it was okay to, uh, to do whatever I wanted to do and not have any, any limits or expectations on our relationship anymore and just go with the flow of whatever. Yeah, I that felt box, was okay that box keeps us safe. Right supposedly Perceived. you know and so 
And so I told my wife, I'm like, listen, I have no desire to be with anybody else. You know, like I feel like everybody is their own flavor of crazy. And I really enjoy your flavor of crazy. I, you know, it matches with my <laughs> flavor of crazy. So I love it. Uh, yeah, you know, we all have our little idiosyncrasies, but, uh, but, you know, I, but I think like for her, it was just a very scary thing that, that, um, you know, what we had identified with as a couple and what she was feeling very safe with, I was now making a complete departure from. And my departure wasn't like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, I, I completely disown the church or disavow any of those things. I don't feel that way at all. I'm so grateful for the wonderful people that I met there, the sense of community that I had there. Um, and then, like I said, there's many wonderful things that I was able to learn that have helped me even now in my spiritual journey to, to be able to connect within and identify some of those feelings that I feel. But you understand uh, them continue. on a much deeper level now. Much deeper because yeah. it is, I, I no longer have this restriction. Uh, and, and again, as I was saying, like, you know, I started this, this one company uh, called AU card about uh, eight or nine years ago now. And, and uh, we have a patent on this, you know, solid gold, uh, basically solid gold debit card or credit card. And it's fully customizable. It's very much, you know, a personal expression of the individual. And we had, we had signed up somebody from the Middle East and I was flying over to Dubai to meet with them. And, you know, I, I was really enjoying the experience of getting to know this guy. We had gone to dinner at this restaurant in, in uh, downtown Dubai called uh, Le Petit Maison. Great pork chops if you ever go there. <laughs> and they, uh, I remember like him telling me this story about his family and his, and it's just his life in general. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you, like, how are you so blessed? Like, you don't even believe in Jesus. You know? <laughs> this is so <laughs> weird to me, you know, because of the things that he had aspired for in his life, like were the same things that I did. And yet we had very different ways of experiencing spirituality, right? The connectedness with the divine. And, you know, he was dressed in the traditional, uh, you know, like the long white gowns that they wear and, and whatnot. And, and I remember just walking away from that experience, feeling like very confused, like, how is he so blessed with all of these different things? And yet, you know, I aspire for a lot of these same things and, and are experiencing these same things. And I'm only, and I'm taught that I can only have those things if I do X, Y, or Z, right? And, and I want to, I just, I just want to interject really fast because at that moment, uh, you say confused and I could also say that you asked a question, a really powerful question, right. Yeah. To really say, uh, you know, how come in my programming, it says that it's supposed to look this way. Right. And you know, that that's part of what I, I believe is part of your success is that you really asked the question worldwide right? I mean, you asked universally, collectively, is this all the same on some level? And so if that's the case, then that's part of the limiting beliefs that I think you work through because it, in business and relationships, no matter what you have received, uh, relationships and connections around the world. And that was so pivotal, pivotal for you to be able to say, is love universal? Is value universal? Is, is spirituality universal? What, what is it that, you know, so you asked a very big question there. So that confusion is, I think it's, it's, it's relevant to talk about, you know, sometimes when we're, when we feel confused, it's that, it's that question of, I'm going to, I'm on the brink of, of moving through a limitation because the question's still coming in the mind. 
And really it's that journey back in and within to be able to say, I, I think I'm going to find the answer if I'm willing and vulnerable enough to, to go within, to, to ask this question. So that, that was a big question. Wouldn't you say at that moment? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was a big, big question because, you know, I had had, I had had like some, I would say questions about it before and I had yeah. swept those under the rug. Yeah. Uh, and, and because I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to rock the boat and I was really enjoying the space that, that I had created in that other framework of belief. Yeah. And I felt safe know, there. and, and it, yeah, it was, a, it was a safe spot. And, and one of the things, you know, and I, and I would, I would say this, I mean, this, the spiritual journey, it's once you've kind of awoken to it, I would say that it's so, it, it's so wonderful, but there's no, go, there's no going back. I mean, yeah. like I think about like the matrix about how I can't remember that one guy who wanted to just be put back into the matrix, you know, just put me back in. I don't, yeah. I don't want all this responsibility. And yeah. And when, when you kind of understand how people really work, it's because you understand yourself and people, you know, some, there are many people have asked me like, you know, what, what are some of the things you've, that have contributed to your successes? And I, I tell them, like, look, like first and foremost, you have to have integrity and integrity isn't a function of you know, being honest with, with people, that's definitely yeah. part of it, but it's being honest with yourself because when you're honest with yourself, the only thing that you can be honest with other, or that you can be with other people is honest. Yeah. And, Transparent, and so, yeah. right. And so that's, that's the, that, to me, that's the key thing because, you know, again, like if, if I'm creating a space for me to be myself, now I can create a space for you to be yourself. Yeah. And you go back to, you know, relationships and what the power of intimate relationships really equates to. And, you know, my wife and I talk about this a lot. Like one of our biggest disagreements that we have almost on a daily basis is what are we going to do for dinner? Right. So like, I like You're doing well, in. if that's your biggest disagreement. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> because we've kind of put everything else to the side, you know, we've kind of said, look, all these other things we can have, we can put a meaning on them. We can say that these are going to be things that we're going to get mad at each other about. And, and when we were first married, you know, like I said, I was, I was, I had some really good successes. And like, when we were first married, like, I remember giving her a budget, you know, and saying, this is all you can spend every single month, which she never, she never upheld. And she wasn't even buying stuff really for herself. She was just buying stuff for our, you know, our home and for the family. I'm like, we don't need all this stuff. And she's like, Oh, but it's just, you know, it's stuff that really will make us feel more comfortable. And she was just wanting to be a contributor to our experience. And I was basically saying, I'm going to put limits on you and I'm going to say, this is the only way that you can do this. Yeah. And I, and you know, again, like uh, I've been going through this, what I would call a spiritual awakening now for myself for about uh, seven plus years. And, and one of the things that that's been really helpful for me with my relationship with my wife, as I mentioned, is that like once I was able to start to love myself unconditionally to do so, do so on a more frequent basis, um, I was able to do the same for her and I created a space for us so that she could be herself. And there, there was no, there was no, uh, what I would call consequence for her not being herself so that she didn't have to fit some other mold. And, and I think that a lot of us fit, like we feel like we have to be something that we are not or someone that we are not in order to get what we want out of it. And I, and I made this deal in my relationship with my wife was that, you know, look, I'll, I'll create the space for you to do whatever you want to do. Like, obviously I'm not very big on infidelity. So if you want to go somewhere else, that's totally fine. You can, you know, just, just let me know ahead of time. And I've been there and, before. I'll be fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there before. You know, I'll be fine, but just tell me in advance 
so that it, there's not if there's nothing there's nothing that takes you out of out of integrity either and uh and you know and i'll do the same with you and she's like well i'll never do that and, and i remember us when we were first talking about you know this this expectation we were going to have on ourselves in the relation in this new relationship um as i was beginning to experience my world differently uh and my beliefs were changing that uh that you know this was this was how we were gonna we were gonna we were gonna interact with each other and as a result we created a really safe place for both of us and you know it allows us to be vulnerable it allows us to just kick back and be who we are and and it's hard i think um for a lot of people to create that space especially when they feel they have so much expectations externally that they feel beholden to that they've given their power to and said you know, okay, I can only feel good about this situation when I meet these requirements, right? Well, and so um, much of that is coming from a place, because if you're not going within, if you're not looking at what it is that you're really wanting, we show up in our relationship, you know, those expectations always come with a, uh, this, this need, you know, that, or this lack within ourselves. And so we're usually pulling at our partner or um, in our relationship, you know, inside and outside of our intimate relationship, it happens everywhere. We show up in a place of need or lack. And instinctually, I believe that people pull away from that because, and there's, there's a lot of defenses to that because I think on some level, we all know that we do have our own world and that's what we're looking for. And so this, this return that we're really looking for when we're, when we're looking to pull from somebody else, that's where the expectation, that judgment comes because we believe that they're supposed to give us something, right? They're supposed to give us something that's within, but it creates this disconnect because um, we don't move into each other. We're really pulling away from each other because we're really trying to find what it is that is within. So I love, I love the word expectation because um, or judgment, right? Because ultimately that's what's disconnecting us from that space of love that we're really wanting to connect in. We can't really meet each other and move into the relationship when we're pulling at each other to get something. And that's where that expectation comes in. So I love, I love that you're bringing that up because there's really no, there's not, a, there's not a space of love and safety that we end up creating if we're expecting somebody to give us something that we already have. Right. I mean, and that's, and I think that those are the shifts that begin to happen to people when they allow themselves to experience something different. Yeah. And, and I will say this, I mean, you know, for, for anyone who, who, who's listening to this, I think that the, the key thing is always communicating those expectations that you have and being aware and being open to perhaps that your partner may not want to have that expectation on them. And Perhaps they can also help you reconcile why you feel that's a that's a must-have for the relationship yeah. you want to experience. But but you know, ultimately I think it is just creating that space for yourself to be you and that there's nothing wrong. Like if you like peanut butter and jelly versus peanut butter and strawberry jam, who cares? That's okay. And you know, I, I believe look, I believe that the universe is is perfect positivity, right? There, there's we think in our minds that these these bad things happen to us, right? And you know, expe expectations aren't met. We have disappointments. We have frustrations. There's things that don't seem to make sense in our minds. But I've I've always I've always looked at it, and again, I, mean, I still experience things like that uh, on a pretty frequent basis. And as those things come up, it's always you know that reminder of oh my gosh, okay, I still have this limiting belief around this that I've given my power to something else, 
And now ego is running that, running that programming to try and protect me from something that's, there's, there's really no threat. There's yeah. no threat. Your partner in who you choose to, to go on this journey with, maybe it's now uh, and it's only going to last for a while, or maybe it lasts for the rest of your life or whatever that time frame is with the person you're with today. They're a perfect fit and a perfect mirror for what you are and where you want to go. And we can experience anything we want to experience in this life. And, you know, I remember, you know, I have like this, this life coach that I work with on a weekly basis and really early on in our, in our discussions, you know, he had asked me a question. He was like, you know, Chris, what's the difference between you and a billionaire? I'm like, I don't know, a couple more zeros or something, you know, in, in his net worth or whatever. He's like, yes, true. But, you know, it's the difference between you and a billionaire is what he believes is possible versus what you believe is possible. And you can have it all. Like if you want to have an amazing relationship with your spouse or partner or work, you know, from a work perspective, you want to have an amazing business or anything that you want to do, you can have it all. There's no restriction except what you give power to in your mind as that limitation or restriction. And, and I I think that a lot of people are, you know, they get tripped up then because it's okay. I do want to experience it all. Right. That sounds really good. Right. And then it's okay. Well, well, how do I do it? And the one thing I would just share really, really quickly is that we aren't responsible for the how, right? We're just responsible for going within and feeling that experience. And then everything else manifests on its own. And going back to some of my programming, like growing up, like my dad telling me I had to like be like, you know, a super hard worker to get ahead in life. I feel like if it's not going to be me doing all the work, then who's going to do it? And it's taken me a, you know, a long time to kind of get past that, to realize that this life can be very, very enjoyable, right? We just have to allow it. And so often we get in the way of it by saying, no, it can't look like that, or it can't be like that. And as a result of that, we put limitations on the flow of things that can come into our experience that we really want to experience. What would you say about, um, as far as the how goes, what would you say about receiving and what that really means? Um, because again, I think that a lot of people in their minds can still think things are possible, but when it really comes down to it, there, um, and this is something that I've, um, you know, I'm very familiar with energy work and, and we've, we've, we've shared different experiences together. And something that I've really noticed um, or witnessed with you is, is um, you have mastered something as the embodiment of feeling something inside of yourself. And so the receiving part of it, I feel like is a, a key part that not a lot of people understand that when we're looking to find our worth and to find our value and to be love or to, to embody something, it's not just that, that I, I know it's possible. And a lot of people work from, from their mind in that, from their brains in that they're like, well, yeah, I really believe that's possible. But I feel like the biggest gap that people have is, can they feel the receiving? And when I say receiving, it's the, the energy of, of being able to feel that power. Like how much can you feel and embody inside of yourself? Because if you don't have the space within, then a lot of times that's where we reject things or we're pushing things away and you've received so much in your world, I, w- I would say. And, and again, that measurable is, is relative to everyone. But yeah. I do think it's important to realize that there is this connection for you that I don't think people realize that within themselves, 
how much energy and how much value are we willing to feel and, and not reject or not push away. Um, again, even if you know it's possible, how much are you willing to feel within yourself? And, and can you, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I don't, I think you know what I'm talking about when, yeah, you, when yeah, you say, yeah. you know, like when you, when you, when you think about a possibility, I've watched you do it. You go, you know, you think about a possibility or you have a thought or you have a question that you're asking, or you're, you're expanding in some way within your imagination. And then I've watched you go like literally within your body to, to find space and to line up with this, even energetically. When I say energetically, I'm talking about emotionally as well. So how much can I feel is a really big part of the how of, of, of really being able to line up with abundance, right? Not lack within and to really allow yourself to feel. What would you say to that? So lack only exists in the mind. It doesn't yep. exist with, within your spirit. Your spirit is full of everything that you ever want. And, you know, I, I appreciate what you said, though, as far as like going within and experiencing the emotion. I, and, I, you know, people will say, people will say, well, like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to have my own plane. I want to have, you know, all these different, things that exist outside of you, which are great. I mean, everybody, yeah, I remember, I remember there was this one thing that uh, uh, Jim Carrey had said that he wished that everybody would experience phenomenal uh, worldly success because they could realize just how empty it is, right? That the only real connection that you and I really have is what's connecting us inside, yeah. right? Like if we're connected to ourselves within, then you can create whatever you want and experience in this life. And it'll manifest in ways you know, going back to plan B, it'll manifest in ways that, that you and I never even contemplated were possible to arrive in our yeah. experience and somehow they've shown up. Right. So that's yeah. what's so cool. And what, and what I share with people is that the, this is, it is an emotional experience because at the end of the day, like uh, we are beings of energy. Yeah. Right. So when you think about, you know, if you're, if you're having a lot of negative thoughts and you're feeling d- down and depressed, you know, what is it? What is your primary thought that you're having in that moment that is perpetuating you to feel that way? Right. And, and then you realize, oh my gosh, like my brain is telling me I need to feel this way because of this circumstance and this belief that I have around this circumstance. I don't, I've, I've chosen to not feel worthy. And as a result of that, I'm choosing to feel depressed or upset or whatever the case may be. I'm choosing to label the energy that I'm feeling more importantly, right? right? <laughs> I, and so, I love that you brought up, I love that you brought the plane. I remember you were speaking at a, uh, one of my seminars one time and someone, someone had mentioned, you know, I believe it's possible for me to have my own plane. And so it goes back to that, that in my, in my brain and in my head, um, I can line up with really a lot of possibilities. But the thing that you did so so eloquently was um, you walked them through what it felt like to pay for the gas, right? What what it, what all the things that it takes to line up with what again something perceived as um, as big as that, right? As success as that is is to really feel what it is to line up with those possibilities. There was there was that there's always that gap that people don't understand. Um, again, within your head to your heart. And I just, it's something that, again, I think that you've mastered so beautifully of what does it feel like to, what do all the conversations feel like to line up with having that plane? What is, what is it, what does it feel like to, 
you know, what does your day to day feel like to line that up, up with that much um, abundance in your world? And so I feel like that's something that, again, you do so well is there's, there's a whole lining up with, with something inside of yourself in order to be able to line up with something outside of yourself. Yeah. So the, the way that I describe that, and, and it's very kind of you to say, Tanya, thank you so much. The, the, uh, the, the main thing is, is because we're beings of energy, like if you think about, um, you know, and I think I'm saying things, so just pay attention to the words that I use is that when, when you think about something that you want to experience, normally it's something outside of what your current experience is. So you really have no frame of reference for it. Right. So what is it that you're really striving to feel? And I nice. think that you have to distill it down to what it is you really want to feel. And a lot of times people just want to feel safe. They want to feel abundant. They want to feel uh, peace. They, they want to feel freedom. And none of those things come from having anything. Yeah. And, and uh, what I try and share with people is that if you feel like in the having of something, you will feel that way. Perhaps the universe will deliver that or God will deliver that for you. And you'll realize just how empty that was going back to what Jim Carrey was saying. Yeah. Right? The, the having of things doesn't solve for what you're ultimately trying to experience. And that experience that you want is a feeling. And so what I try and focus on for myself, this is, you know, again, this is one way of trying to, to experience this life is going in and feeling what is it that I really want to feel. And then how does all of that manifest? And if, the, you know, if I want to have a big, big bank account, for example, okay, but why, why do I really want a big, big bank account? Or what is it that I'm trying to solve for as a result of it and not making any of it wrong, right? Yeah. Because again, like this is the programming that you have that's helped you get to this point in life to where you're now awakened to an easier, perhaps more fluid way of experiencing everything you could have hoped hope for and a whole bunch more. It is an energetic experience. So like what I do is I tell people like, if you are trying to project what you want onto the world, it can't come from here. This yeah. does not work you know? no. because it only knows the past, right? Yeah. So it's got to come from down deep. And I, you know, I, for me, I always feel like that area is like, um, you know, right above my belly and right below my chest. Yep. And uh, just that area right there where I feel like that's where my power is for me, like within. And I can feel that part of me. And, uh, and when I go in and I feel peace and I feel you know, safe or I feel abundance and I feel joy, then I start imagining what do I want my being choice to be? I've now, I've now figured out the feeling that I really want to feel. Okay, well, what's my being choice around that? Right? And I'll make being choices. You know, when people, they're I am statements right? Typically for me. And those I am statements can vary from anything. Like, you know, this morning in my meditation, um, it was, I'm an amazing father to my children. I'm an amazing husband for my wife, right? And I'm not putting limitations around what that looks like. I'm just trying to align with the feelings that I want to experience. Yeah. What does that feel like? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, and so again, like, you know, in, in bringing those things to your conscious mind, your conscious mind will automatically gravitate pure positivity, which is perfect positivity of the universe to your reality. Right. And it will deliver a phenomenal experience for you. And the so that that's, how, that's how I create. I love that. And the thing that I notice the most is um, 
you know, our egos do always want to be right, right? Because that's what keeps us safe. That's what we think we're in control. And so when you go to that, that being feeling the incredible power of doing that, um, I wouldn't even say first, but, but being willing and vulnerable enough to go to what does it feel like to be an amazing dad and a, and a, 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 a husband? And what does that feel like? And then what happens is, is we were able to connect the mind to that, right? Because then it finds evidence of that feeling. It says, oh, well, when I'm present and, and when I'm open and when I, you know, all the, all of these, we, we get the evidence, we get the answers, the interpretation of that feeling, but it is, but it is something that if we, if we're willing to go to that feeling first, we can build upon that feeling and find so much evidence of that, where if we go to our heads, a lot of times we're trying to search for that feeling. And because we haven't, we don't believe we've experienced that, or we don't believe we already have that. We believe that we're in lack somehow. It's really difficult at times to get there to that abundant, powerful feeling inside because we're doing it backwards in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll add to that as well. Cause I think and it's perfectly said, Tanya. I mean, I think that like one of the things that I know I get tripped up on, and I'm just, you know, sharing this as far as my own experience is that, yeah. I will predefine what I want that outcome to look like as opposed to allowing my silent partner, which has infinite power nice. to deliver it for me in the most amazing of ways. And nice. so my ability going back to what you asked for asked before about is, you know, to receive my ability to receive that from my silent partner that's what lives within is sometimes contingent unfortunately on what my what i want to perceive it here as okay yeah. once i once this is manifested out here and my brain can see it then i will say it's been delivered yeah. instead of saying okay well maybe it's coming in a variety of different ways that i had never before anticipated and you know one of the things that i that i, that I do share with people about you know particularly my journey is that you know i never thought i was going to get married again and i thought i was completely done with, you know, having meaningful relationships. And I remember I was dating this one girl one time who was a phenomenal human being. I mean, just an amazing person. And I remember she was just feeling so frustrated because of my, my unwillingness to commit. And I told her, I was like, look, right now, my heart just has a for lease sign on it, not a for sale. So like, <laughs> I really can't sign on for anything long-term right here. You know? And I was, I was just scared. I was really scared. And, and I remember, you know, when, when I met my, my current wife, like, all that fear was gone because uh, I had worked through a lot of these things already, but I was anticipating, like I said, never getting married again. I had never had put an expectation on it. So when it showed up in my experience, it was truly magnificent. And that's, I think that's one of the things where, again, even now I still get tripped up on it. Cause I'll say, Oh, well, I want to, I'm feeling some, some perceived threat from over here. And I want that perceived threat to go away because it feels a little painful. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so I'll say, okay, well, the only way that I said, the, only, the thing I can think about, uh, you know, the way that that, for that perceived threat to go away, it looks like this. Okay. Universe. All right. Let's go into the feeling. All right. Make it look like this. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Like there's, there is a much better way of doing that. And, and I know that, you know, early on in my, what I would call uh, understanding of my power to create, I would become continuously disappointed because I was going off of the programming in my mind of what that had to look like in order for me to feel validated in my power as a creator. And so each of us are incredibly powerful creators. And yeah. I do think it's important to recognize 
that the life that you have is something that you've created yourself. And if there's something that doesn't align with you anymore, there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. You can say no to that now and you can create something um, else in its place. I remember, I remember you saying that God always answers yes, right? That's that pure positive energy. And, you know, people who are prayerful, people who are asking to create people who are, who are partnering with the divine, they're, they're asking something in their mind. So back to your story of, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, in my mind, I wasn't going to be married. So I was in my words, I was saying that, um, my heart was for lease, but the truth always comes in what we're really saying in energy, what we're really saying in our hearts. And so we may be saying that we're praying for something where we may be saying something in our words, but if they don't really match what you're really saying energetically, right? Obviously you were open to experiencing connection and um, intimacy again. Otherwise we know that um, your beautiful wife wouldn't have showed up in your experience, <laughs> right? And so that's, it's, it's interesting because that, that's the danger sometimes of living from the mind is we think that we're keeping ourselves safe for the ego and we're saying one thing, but in all reality, what are we really saying, right? What is our energy really saying? And clearly you were calling that in. And that's, that's the valuable part of knowing the truth of what it is that we're really actually saying um, through our hearts, you know, through, through the, the soul, through our, you know, through that connection of our energy. And, and it's interesting when, when it doesn't match with the words that we're saying, you know, and that happens a lot. It happens in a lot of relationships. It happens to ourselves. You know, we're constantly trying to tell a story around something and we're not really paying attention. You know, that's where meditation comes in. That's where a lot of things come in because we're not really paying attention to what we're really asking or what we're really saying and the truth of what we're really saying. So, I mean, clearly you were not uh, connected to what it is that you were really wanting, right? That's the defense that we have. What would you say to that? Well, and, and I think that, you know, was I, was I open to receiving my wife at the, uh, in that moment of my life? I think what I was open to was just trusting myself again and nothing okay, to do with my that. wife. It's just that that person showed up and we happened to be like so aligned and wanted similar things that, you know, and I remember like early on when we were, you know, and we've, we've talked about this a lot over the years is that we, she had been married once before as well. And, you know, her parents had told her to marry her best friend. So what did she do? She wouldn't married her best friend and realized that there wasn't this deep connection that she was looking for. Like it was, it was a great relationship and the guy was a great guy, very honorable, great human, human being and uh, took great care of her. Probably not enough contrast for her. Yeah, probably not enough. (laughs) She, she, she probably wanted to actually grow. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, again, like the, 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 the universe will deliver whatever it is you want to experience. And that's why I do say like God always answers your prayers. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, people sometimes get scared about that because like, oh, I don't, well, I don't want anything bad to happen to me. And like, well, well, that's not the way the universe works. Yeah. Right. Nothing bad will ever happen to you unless you want it to. Right. Like if you, if you want to be from, a, and, and, and you know, I, I tell people as well that like the, the place that I start from when I, when I look at like decision-making and pe- you know, people ask, well, how do you, how do you go about your day-to-day decision? Um, decision-making process. And I tell them, look, for me, it's really simple. It's, it's just a quick litmus test. Am I coming from a place of fear or am I coming from a place of love? Yeah. And I remember, you know, early on when we were, when I was dating uh, my now wife, uh, I had had a lot of spiritual awakenings. I still wasn't where I'm, you know, uh, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's been a progression for sure. Yeah. 
but uh but i remember like there was a moment in our relationship where i was scared but i wanted to make that fear about some of her past choices and it had nothing to do with her past choices it was me asking myself like am i willing to trust myself still because this is absolutely heading you know towards a towards a major commitment and and i remember you know just being really honest with myself going back to integrity and saying okay am i coming from this place of fear or am i coming from love and it was I was coming from a place of fear. And similarly, you know, I think that we all have these experiences on a day-to-day basis where we're trying to make decisions all the time. And I think we make 30,000 a day. I don't think people know that. Really? I didn't, I, I, mean, yeah. I, I just know there's a lot. You know? I, I don't, I don't really know who put the number to that or who even possibly could be present long enough to count that. But I heard that somewhere. Yeah. I just don't think we realize that our power to create comes in like the fact that we have so many choices, we, there are just so many of them are subconscious. We don't, we don't, we don't stay present long enough to know that we have that many choices. <laughs> right. I probably, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know the number either, but I yeah. think that, you know, the, the litmus test, like I said, the litmus test, I think for, for, for me, that's really worked well has just been being honest with myself on, am I coming from a place of fear? Even how I respond you know, like when my children ask me questions about things and, or when my children are doing things that I think are absolutely crazy, you know, I, I remember feeling like even growing up, like my parents would discount the things that I was doing all the time. And so like this feeling of not being worthy for my parents' love and could only happen in a way that, 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 uh, that they felt was safe for them. I don't want to create that for my children, right? Yeah. So I've lived that and experienced that. So, you know, okay, I, I see my kids doing something I don't agree with how am I responding? Right. And, and how am I helping them, you know, to experience that space of unconditional love for themselves similarly, but is it coming, am I coming from a place of fear or from this place of love? And, and when you come from a place of love, all things are possible. Yeah. All the goodness is possible. And when you come from a place of fear, it's only what's in your mind. Are you saving yourself from? And again, like where your focus is where you're going to go. So focus on the positive things, focus on love, and then a lot of things do will shift pretty quickly for people. I know they do for me. Uh, really fast. I'm just going to ask you. I know you got to go and I want to respect your time. Um, I find that so many people get what it is they believe is going to make them feel something, right? Something, uh, you know, they've, they've gotten the success. They have the relationship. They have all these outside external things. I just want to ask you, like, how would you describe uh, fulfillment for you. And is that possible all along the journey? And what does it mean to feel successful, successful in your world and, and, and fulfillment itself? What's the difference in that and success in a lot of people's minds? So, you know, um, somebody asked me one time, that's a great question. So somebody asked me one time, like, do you set goals for yourself? And I said, no, (laughs) no, like, well, why? Like, don't you know what you're shooting for? And I said, well, well, I already know where I'm going. I mean, like, I think that, uh, like, you know, if you think from a scriptural perspective, like, you know, consider the lilies of the field, like the lilies of the field, they're beautiful just by themselves. You and I are all, we're all lilies of the field. Right. And so, you know, when you think about fulfillment, it's, Fulfillment is like this searching outside of yourself for something. I want to feel fulfilled. But at the end of the day, we already are fulfilled. We already right. are all that we can ever be because we are spirit. We, we, we're eternal beings and nothing will ever change that. Now, now the experience is, is how does your mind process that? 
and feeling fulfilled for me, it's, it, you know, you can think about all the accolades and like all the things that people can achieve, whether it's, you know, possessions or relationships or any of these other things. At the end of the day, like, I think that again, like those are the things that the world would tell you or that other people would tell you are signs of, Hey, wow, that person has figured it out. And what most people, I, I don't think that uh, is, is very common knowledge is, is that it's almost like the wizard of Oz. Like there's, there's the guy behind the curtain is a miserable old man. You know? yeah. <laughs> He's not like this happy person that's, that's here to bring joy to people. Yeah. And and that's the same with a lot of really wealthy people. They, they've, they've been able to achieve all these amazing things, as the world would put it. And they find out that, my gosh, like, this is empty. And what I think is so, so telling, and, and, and again, like, I, I, look at the, I look at the Bible and these different uh, scriptural records around the world. And these are just guidebooks that our ancestors are trying to give us and tell us, like, if you want to live a great life, here are the things to think about right? Here are the things to consider. And, and one of those things that they say is like, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and then all things will be added unto you, right? So if you think about where is the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't exist exactly. in some far off planet, doesn't exist up in the sky. It, it's inside of you. It's inside of me. It's inside of every single person. It's already there. Yep. And that feeling of, you know, fulfillment, like I said, is that I think that for me, the way that I experience that to answer your question is it's more of a function of, how connected am I right now? And the moments where, I, again, like every single day, I do disconnect, right? I'm, if I was constantly in spirit, I would, I probably wouldn't even be on this planet anymore. You there know you what go. I'm saying? Yeah. But, but, uh, but I, you know, I struggle with a lot of, with a, with a lot of the same things everybody does, and I have, you know, my own disappointments and things that I'm working through. I have a different way of approaching it. I have a different experience with it now, to where I don't put as many labels on things, and I have a different belief system around what they mean. So. The, the measure of fulfillment for me is the measure of how connected I'm able to stay in spirit and be being within myself, because then I'm always coming from the most powerful emotions that we can only that we can experience in this life, which are love and gratitude. Absolutely. Those two things will take you to whatever, whatever external things you want to experience, love and gratitude will get there, will get you there, but by feeling them first within. Totally agree. I love that. And it's, it's really the message of everything that I do because the InScape is all about being able to go within to create and to experience all of that expansion. I, I, I like the analogy because it's talking about um, being able to create a landscape, you know, and so inside of ourselves, what, whatever is outside of ourselves, you know, we could, we could take the entire universe that's also within ourselves. It's, it's that receiving and that returning back to ourselves that connection that you talk about um, when we want to feel connected to God, when we want to feel connected to the universe, when we want to feel powerful, when we want to feel peace, all the things that we want to feel, really being able to return back to that inner landscape of ourselves is really where fulfillment is. I agree with you. And so many times we get so far out of ourselves that that emptiness or that hollowness that you talk about um, is that feeling of returning back to, to where that source really is. I'm going to ask you this. This would be my final question. I promise. Um, your, your hack to life. I think you've given us so many things already and so many keys to this. If you were to give someone, they wanted to know, you know, what is the shortcut? What is the hack? You know, how, how did you, you know, you have the, the most beautiful story of, coming from what is perceived as nothing on the outside and as the external 
to getting to a place where you are connecting, deeply connecting and experiencing life with people who, um, who have also received a lot of abundance and a lot of power in their lives. And there's not a lot of limitations with um, the, the similar experience, the alignment that you have in business and in life. So what would you say? I mean, that's, there's, there's been a long journey to that. And I say long, and that's very relative. You're young, right? So what is the, what is the hack to that? What would you say if you could give it a, somebody a key, what would that be? And I think, I think we've hit a lot of it, but I, I want you to just kind of talk yeah, about Yeah. I mean, it. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun question to answer. Shortcuts? I think that, I think that it's, it's about perspective. And the one thing that I feel is super pertinent for people to, to know and feel and understand is that, you know, find, find joy in the journey, not the destination, the destination you'll get there no matter, no matter what, but it's are you finding joy? Yeah. And, 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 and I say the thing is perfection is an illusion. And I remember, yeah. you know, the first time I had made a million dollars, I, I, I was like, okay, like I did it. Now, now what? You know, yeah. it's like, it was like this, this real like cricket moment for me, I call it like crickets where there's, you know, you, you achieve this big milestone that everybody tells you is like this big or big deal and big ordeal. And you're just sitting there saying, wow, okay, I, I, I achieved it. Well, now what? And then, you know, I think that again, like finding joy in the journey and not the destination is something that I, I have, I have really tried to put a lot of emphasis on because, you know, the, the destination, it's going to happen for you, right? It's, and, and, and if you're finding joy and the more moments that you're spending in positive emotion with yourself, with loving yourself and just feelings of, of joy, peace, happiness, whatever those positive emotions are that you want to experience, the more you can experience that throughout your day, every day, the, the journey, more you receive. Yeah, the, the journey becomes so intoxicating. It's so amazing that it, it's no longer about me trying to get to somewhere. It's about right now. It's about being present. Love and that. so finding that joy in the now and feeling good about right now, even though life may not be exactly how you pictured it would be, or you're having specific struggles or, you know, expectations not being met, disappointments, etc. Stay in those positive feelings, those positive thoughts and watch what shows up. The universe will deliver all the time. It always does. Yeah. I, I love that you use the word joy in the journey. And I know that's, that's kind of a saying, but the emotion of joy is, is super fascinating because it's not even, you're not even able to experience it unless you're in the present moment, right? You right. know, like joy itself is about the present moment. And so many times we get, um, we get hits of um, different things outside of us that feel like, oh, I enjoyed that, but sustaining the emotion of joy, the only way to do that is in the present moment. And so you beautifully talked about the power, right? There's so much power in the emotion of staying present and being in joy. And, and the reason I, I emphasize power is because when you can do that, there's so much more receiving in the present. And, and that's really all that's available to us, right? Is, is being able to feel that much power and presence in the present moment. So I love that. 